0: Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your presence. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are a teacher. We open our hearts to you and we ask that you would teach us your ways. I thank you, God, that no one will leave this place the same. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. So we started talking about personal revival, personal revival last week. And we said that to revive something is to wake it up. Something that has been in slumber in your life God wants to wake it up And if you missed that, please go to our website So you can just catch up on it I believe it was very powerful And now today we're going to talk about An interesting dimension of revival How many of you know that God's spirit is present When we experience revival? Not so Very often in times of revival we come We're prayed for, things are happening We've seen miracles, we heard the testimonies Last week, I think it was, and the week before God is on the move But the key question I'll ask you, if you come up and you have some carpet time on the floor, if you come up and you're shaking, if you come up and you're experiencing goosebumps, key question I'm going to ask you is, are you growing? Are you growing as a person? Are you growing as a Christian? Because one of the things that happens is that often we stagnate. We go on a standstill. I said to you, being a Christian is like riding a bicycle. You have to keep moving or else you fall. And very often what happens in times of personal revival Is that God comes by His Spirit He wakes us up And we would have been experiencing a sense of stagnation But we begin to grow once again So the key question I want to ask you this morning And the title of my message is Am I growing? I believe this is one of the most powerful questions A Christian can ask themselves Am I growing? Amen Okay So there are a lot of people out there and they're perfectionists. Being a perfectionist is not a good thing. Being a perfectionist is not the same as having the spirit of excellence. You see, excellence is doing the best that I can with what I have. Perfectionism is where you wanted to get 100% and because you got 95%, you end up stressing about the 5% you got wrong. And you're full of anxiety. And when you're waiting to do that presentation That's in two weeks time You torture yourself two weeks leading up to it Because you're wondering is it going to be okay Is it going to be okay And then you deliver your presentation And then you're still anxious Was it okay, was it okay, was it okay Until your boss who you're looking to for external validation Comes and says well done my son You've done really well And then you're like phew, I've done it That's what happens with perfectionists And if you struggle with perfectionism If you pop me an email Paul at corporatelegends.co.za, I've got a nine lesson module That I can give you Not written by me, developed by other people But a nine lesson module On overcoming perfectionism Because it's not your portion Amen? Amen Now I want to explain to you That biblical Christianity Is more to do with mastery Than it is to do with Being perfect What is the difference? Mastery is where you ask yourself, am I growing? Is it a progressive realization of my destination? That's mastery. Am I growing in this particular thing? As opposed to trying to be perfect. You see, if you're focused on, am I the perfect mother? Am I the perfect mother? You will be full of guilt every day. Come on moms, are you feeling me on that one? You'll be full of guilt every single day if your goal is perfection. But if you're asking yourself, am I growing as a mom, you will focus on the things that will develop you to make you grow. Hence my question this morning, are you growing? Are you growing? My goal is that by the end of this message, you'll be passionate about personal growth and transformation. You'll be so passionate about it that I want to grow. And then from there, you'll develop a personal growth plan for yourself. Is that okay? Yeah. By the end of this message, you'll be passionate about growth, your own personal growth, right? And you will develop from here on out a personal growth plan for yourself. Is that okay? Yeah. So turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and we're going to read verse 17 and 18. Are you ready? Are you steady? Okay. Let's do it Now the Lord is the spirit Now the Lord is the spirit And where the spirit of the Lord is There's what? Where the spirit of the Lord is There's freedom And often we quote that scripture But we leave it there How many of you have the Holy Spirit in your life? Okay So we've got the Holy Spirit in our life And where the spirit of the Lord is There's freedom But verse 18 says And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. In other words, we who are looking at Jesus, right? We're looking at him, we're gazing into him, right? Now watch this. It says, with who, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit, So wherever God's spirit is There's transformation So as you look at Jesus You become like him to the degree To which you behold him But the result of the presence of the Holy Spirit Is personal transformation Can you see that? But I find it interesting because it says With ever increasing glory So you know what? I'm not where I want to be But I'm certainly not where I was That's transformation That's transformation And so I ask you the question and I pose it again. Are you growing? Are you growing? Thanks for answering the two of you who answered. Okay? You see, one of the outcomes of experiencing his glory in times of personal revival is that we are transformed. One of the gaps, I believe, in the body of Christ today is a clear theology of growth and personal transformation. It's one of the gaps. A clear theology. When it comes to change and personal transformation, and I believe we need to teach that again. You see, it's talking here about being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. Let me ask you a question: what's your current growth trajectory? If the Bible says as we gaze upon him, we become like him, ever increasing glory. I want to ask you a question: what's your growth trajectory? What's the rate of growth to becoming conformed to his image in your life right now? Or are you moving backwards? Are you becoming more and more like Jesus or less and less like him? Just think about it. Think about your life. If you compare yourself today and last year, if people look at you, if your kids look at you, if your friends look at you, if your boss looks at you, can they see more of Jesus this year than they did last year? Just think about that. Let's have a look at Hebrews chapter 5 And we'll look at verse 11 to 13 Hebrews chapter 5 Verse 11 to 13 Do you love the word? Yes. Do you love the Bible? Yes. Okay The book of Hebrews Many people think it was Paul who wrote the book of Hebrews, but the Bible doesn't say so. Okay, so there are different theories. Some people believe, a lot of people, theologians believe that it was written by someone who was associated with Paul, but there are things in it that aren't Pauline. So don't say, when Paul was writing the book of Hebrews, okay, don't say that, okay, because it doesn't say that in the Bible. All right, so the book of Hebrews, chapter 5, verse 11 to 13, is everyone there? Okay. we have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain. Do you ever some, find some things hard to explain to some people? With some people it's easy to explain, other people it's hard to explain. Okay, so this, this verse gives me license here. Okay, because we have much, much to say about this, but it is hard to explain. Because you are dull of hearing. Are you dull of hearing this morning? Verse 12, although by this time you ought to be teachers. By what time? Ever wondered about that? Somewhere along the line, we have to ask ourselves, does God have an expectation for our growth? Because here the writer of Hebrews, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is challenging a group of people and is basically saying, guys, by now. Now we don't know what that timeline was. Maybe you became a Christian last year. Maybe you got born again five years ago, but God has an opinion about your growth. If you've been a Christian for six months, God has an opinion about your growth. Where he's saying, by this time, you ought to be. Maybe you've been a Christian for 20 years, and God is saying, by this time, you ought to be. Although by this time, you ought to be teachers, you need someone to reteach you the basic principles of God's word. You need milk, not solid food. Everyone who lives on milk is still an infant, inexperienced in the message of righteousness. I want to ask you that question again. Are you growing? How long have you known Jesus for? How many of you have been Christians for over 20 years? Raise your hand. Okay. By this time, you ought to be. Fill in the blank. How many of you have been Christians for over 15 years? 15 to 20 years? By this time you ought to be? Fill in the blank. How many of you have been Christians for 10 to 15 years? By this time you ought to be fill in the blank. How many of you have been Christians five to ten years? By this time you ought to be. How many of you have been Christians? Not to five years <laughs> Just to save time By this time, you ought to be Amen If you study developmental psychology Or anything to do with development of children Child development you will, We will know that you get concerned If your child hasn't reached certain milestones By a particular age We get very concerned I've got people come to me and say, "Yeah, Our child is wonderful, we're really grateful But They don't speak They don't speak And they're now three They've got a speech impediment And they're now three years of age And as parents you get worried don't you But you see there are a lot of things We can't see with our natural eyes In terms of the spiritual condition of people But I think heaven is concerned About certain Christians Could heaven be concerned about you You see when you compare yourself With people around you Who are baby Christians You live in the deception that, hey, no, they're looking to me for advice. No, I can quote all these scriptures. Right? But you're comparing yourself with the wrong people. That's why I always say don't compare yourself with the people around you who are mediocre. Compare yourself with your potential. By this time, you ought to be what? Some of you have grown up in Christian homes. You should be way ahead of everyone else. I see a lot of Christians who get saved and within two years are doing amazing things for, for God. They had to unlearn all sorts of things from the world. They press into Jesus and they're flying in their walk with God. Then I see people who were raised in Christian families who were discipled ever since they were 12 years of age. And you compare the two and you want to say to the one person, Dude, by this time you ought. And how I'm challenging you right now I've been challenged myself The Holy Spirit has challenged me myself I started preaching when I, was at the, when I was the age of 12 As a 12 year old boy Taking groups at school Going, preaching, people getting saved and so on By this time I ought to be Are you hearing me? I'm not challenging you in any area That I'm not challenging myself So I'm curious to know If we're talking about by this time you ought to, I'm curious to know what speeds up personal development. What speeds up change in our lives and what slows it down? What are the things that are barriers to growth? And what are the things that accelerate growth in our lives? It's so important that every single person here that we understand, these are the things that cause me to flourish and grow in my relationship with God, in my walk with God, and these are the things that slow me down. We need to figure out those things If you study the science of success One of the things successful people do differently And I mentioned this to the men a couple of weeks ago Is they identify the barriers to their success They identify what are the barriers to their success And they create steps to overcome those barriers Amen What is stopping your growth right now? We're going to talk about that in a short, short while What's changed in your life recently? In what areas have you grown recently? In what areas have you become a better version of yourself recently? You see, I need to be asking myself Am I growing as a husband? Am I becoming a, a better husband? And the best person to give me the feedback would be my wife. You see, she's feeling powerful right now. She's like there's mm. no even thinking. What will people think? She was like, mm. okay. So I need to go to my wife, go to your spouse. And say, am I a better husband than I was last year? Not am I a perfect one, am I better? Amen? Amen. I have to ask myself, am I growing as a dad? Am I growing as a pastor? Who do I ask? (laughs) (laughs) The recipients. (laughs) Am I growing as a communicator, a coach, a lecturer? Am I growing as a son, a brother? Or a friend, am I growing as a Christian? You see, the good news is that Jesus came for this. Jesus came for this. Some people will listen to Jesus saying, Come, follow me. They'll read in the Gospels, Come, follow me, Peter. Come, follow me, Simon. They'll hear him saying that. But why do we follow Jesus? What was Jesus' value proposition? You know, a lot of HR departments, they talk about that, right? The value proposition. What are we offering our employees? What is Jesus' value proposition? I find it very interesting. Because when Jesus calls us, three things happen. Three things happen. He calls us and he gives us purpose. He basically says, Jordan, I'm calling you to do A, B, C, D. Jordan, I'm calling you and this is your assignment. Amen. He doesn't just call us to be. Yeah. You know, sometimes you know, uh, in this, this this postmodern era, you know, it's, a, it's just about being, man. It's just about being. You know, <laughs> Jesus just calls you just just be, man, and then he just ooze out of you. You know, no. Um, <laughs> he calls us and he gives us a purpose. He calls us and he gives us an assignment. What's your assignment? The next thing is he calls us to teach us. He calls us. I'm going to show you in scripture. He calls us so we can learn from him. He says, come, learn from me. What is Jesus teaching you? You see, he calls you and he gives you a purpose. He calls you in order to teach you and show you how. And then it's interesting because he also calls us to make us into something we were not. He calls us to become something. Often when I'm coaching people in in the corporate world and so on, I ask them, do you like who you're becoming? And I'm shocked by the number of people who say to me, no, Paul, I don't like who I'm becoming. I actually don't like who I'm becoming. I'm becoming something I didn't plan to become. And I want to show you this in scripture. We see this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. You actually see it, and I'm going to use three different translations because I I, I believe when you look at the three, it actually brings out the full meaning of this. Matthew chapter 4. Verse 19. Matthew is in the New Testament,
1: huh?
0: I have people laughing. It's not always obvious, eh? For everyone. In the NIV, he says, Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Isn't that powerful? Follow me. What for, Jesus? Follow me and I'll send you. What's your assignment? What has Jesus sent you to do? Because the moment you say, yes, Lord, he gives you a commission. There's a commission he's given you. He might explain it in more detail as time goes by, but there's an assignment for every single person in this room, and that's part of our growth.
1: Mm.
0: In the New Living Translation, it says, Jesus called out to them, come follow me. Why? And I will show you how to fish for people. Isn't that great? Come follow me and I'll show you how. What is Jesus showing you today? When you come to Jesus in prayer, when you go to Jesus in the word, what is he showing you how? Because that's the source of your growth. And then the third thing I find interesting, you see it in the ESV, the English Standard Version, and the way it words it here, it says, And he said to them, Follow me. In what? And we know this is the most common one, isn't it? And I will make you fishers of men. What is Jesus making you today? What is He making you? What are you becoming? Do you like who you're becoming? Are you becoming a better version of yourself? See, I was in prayer and the Lord said to me some days ago, He said, my people have forgotten that they can learn from me. That's what I felt God saying to me. My people have forgotten that they can learn from me. I have something to say on all aspects of life. Jesus said, come to me, learn from me, for I am humble and gentle in heart. But i heard the lord saying to me my people have forgotten that they could learn from me you know i had an experience there's a particular graduate program i might be embarking on still need to decide and i went for it was like an open day for it and they try and scare you okay they scare you they say guys at this level you're pushing the bounds of knowledge but this is not for everyone They said guys this is not for everyone people who on that program were telling me about guys on their group sending on their whatsapp group i think it was men grown men crying saying i was crying yesterday following day the guy saying i wanted to slit my wrists and so on that's how hectic this program is right i'm not going to go into the details of it in case i don't do it because i was scared afterwards (laughs) i'm just being honest i'm just being honest they said this is not for everyone You deal with the best in the world the best minds in the world when you submit papers and things like that and so on to them and they said that and i was praying about it i think it was the following day i said lord should i do this lord this is daunting should i do this and he just whispered to me very gently and he said you can do it with me you can do it with me and then he took me to scriptures the holy spirit will be your teacher and some of you, you want to learn and you want to grow, but you're daunted. It's a daunting task. You're daunted by the thought of going ahead and doing it. But the Holy Spirit will be your teacher. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, will guide you into all truth. Lord's Lord started ministering that to me. What is all truth? Imagine the Holy Spirit leading you into all truth about everything.
1: Yeah.
0: There's a lot that has been written out there, but it's got the world's mind concerning those things. Isn't it amazing when the Holy Spirit can come and reveal things to you? Jesus says, the Spirit will bring to remembrance all that I've told you. Isn't it powerful? When you can learn about all sorts of things, and the Holy Spirit just reminds you of what you need to know. How many of you know that God knows everything? He's yes. omniscient. Yes. Isn't that powerful? And we've got access to Him. The Bible says we've got the mind of Christ. Yes. Amen? Amen? We've got the mind of Christ. If you are, how many of you are about to do exams, serious exams this year? Don't hesitate. You can raise your hand. I know some of you. I was going to pick you out. Okay. Tindai there. Quinton, Okay. Yeah. Iron. All right. Then there's some who are deciding right now and they're saying, Yeah, I think I'll do that exam. So okay, they're raising their hand. <laughs> <laughs> I know some of the people. Okay. There's Harvey there. I saw your hand. Right. You can go with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Isn't that powerful? He says in John 14. Verse 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. I don't know what area you need to grow in. Maybe you want to grow as a mom. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. Maybe you want to grow as a pastor. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. Maybe you want to grow as an advocate Not just because you want However much cash uh, Michael was talking about The Holy Spirit will teach you All things John 16 verse 13 Says however when the Spirit of truth comes And he has come by the way He will guide you into all truth Someone is catching this right now This is powerful and it's for this congregation It's for you guys He will guide you into all truth For he will not speak on his own But he will speak what he Hears and he will declare To you what is to come This is not limited to the church setting You see religious people My friend Eugene hates Religion, the spirit of religion So I know he's going to feel me on this point Religious people think God can only move In a congregational setting like this So they get all prophetic Only when they're like this Oh, that uh, says the Lord. Duh. You know, when they're like, like, yeah. And they think when they say it in King James, it's like hardcore. Now it's anointed. But how many of you know that if you're working, and I've experienced this firsthand, as a consultant for organizations, doesn't matter whether it's a big organization or a small organization, the Holy Spirit can show you things to come. And you can warn them of things to come. And they can come back to you like they've come back to me and they can say, Months later, but Paul, I remember you said this to us, but Paul, I remember you warned us concerning those things How did I know those things? The Holy Spirit will show you things to come I think we've got a massive advantage But you see a lot of people switch off the spirit dimension when they're at work Are you hearing what I'm saying? A lot of people switch off the spirit dimension when they go to work Because they've compartmentalized God Into the sacred and the secular And they've tried to limit God to just this But God wants to move everywhere throughout the marketplace Amen So I'm asking Do you see coming to Christ as a source of growth and learning for yourself? Do you see coming to the Lord Jesus as a place where you can grow? When you are praying, when you are pursuing Jesus, when you are engaging with him, do you leave asking yourself a question, how have I been stretched? How have I grown? When you come to church on a Sunday, do you see it as just something just to be close to Jesus? Or do you see it as a source of growth? Let's go a little bit deeper. You see, growth and transformation equals learning. You can't experience growth without learning. The word disciple, in the Greek it's the word methetes, literally means to learn. Someone who is a disciple, and I know we like to bring in fancy words into all of this, but as disciple is someone who sits under teaching, period. It's someone who sits under teaching, period. It's someone who sits under teaching, But the teaching transforms them and they become something amen my definition of the word learn learning is not just the acquisition of knowledge learning is not just the acquisition of knowledge there are a lot of people who acquire a lot of knowledge learning is the acquisition of knowledge with the resultant change in your cognitive processes that's in how you think amen So there's repentance involved, changing the way you think, okay? And then in your values, in your attitudes, and in your behavior. And so you can only really say someone has learned something if there's that type of transformation. Amen? Mm -hmm. Not when they get the information and they process the information. It's when they're changed. How much learning have you done in the last six months? You see, sitting here and listening to a message, that's not learning. That's the first part of learning is getting the knowledge. The real learning takes place when we choose to change how we've been doing what we've been doing. I believe I'm speaking to a group of people who want change in their lives. I believe I'm speaking to a group of people who are tired of the status quo. I believe I'm speaking to a group of people who are tired of their rate of growth and are feeling me on this and are saying like, no man, I want to move forward. No man, I'm tired of where I am. Because if you're not tired of where you are, you'll never change. You see, you just be complacent It's like, you know what, it's us for and no more It's just me and my family, as long as we're fine As long as we're not fighting As long as no one is killing the other person Then we're okay for This is just too much for me I'm just too stressed for more information So learning is not measured by the amount of information Acquired and processed But by the degree of transformation Isn't it amazing when you realize that Jesus is the creator of the universe And he comes and he knows us intimately Surely we should respond and say, I think I can learn a lot from him I think this is someone I can learn a lot from You know why a lot of people don't pray? You know why a lot of people don't pray? We don't know the reward Just think about it, think about it Jesus said, for the hope set before me Right? He endured the cross. He knew the reward. Mm-hmm. Imagine if he didn't know. Imagine if God had said to him, like, listen, you're going to die on the cross, that's what's happening, that's, that's the deal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're going to die, then, then what happens? Then what? Mm-hmm. But he knew why he was doing it. When you know the reward, when you know the outcome, you're motivated to do a particular thing. Mm-hmm. Right? If someone comes to you, a rich guy, and he says, hey, Sean Roberts, I want to give you a million bucks. Sean is excited. He's like, oh, cool. That's all good. I could use a million bucks. Then he says, the only catch is I'm based in Jerniston. Okay? So can you come at um, at four tomorrow morning and fetch it? Sean, he will get up And he'll go and fetch it. Why? He knows the reward. He won't go to Sunera and start saying, hey, Suni, Got the cheer they expect me to go at four to get it? Yeah. He won't say that. He will get up. And then if the guy phones him last minute and says, Dude, you know what? I'm needed at the airport and I hadn't read my ticket properly. Can you come please at 3:30? In fact, 3:15 to make to play it safe, please, because I have to go to the airport. Will it be an issue for him to go at 3:15? No, he knows the reward. A lot of times we don't get up and pray We don't get up and seek God's face We don't get up and grow Because we're not aware of the reward yeah. We kind of think I'm just soldiering on and it's just discipline So what's the point? There's a reward There's a reward The Bible says those who meet Him in secret What happens in the secret place? God who sees what you do in secret will reward you In public Amen? Amen one of the main reasons people don't grow One of the main reasons people are not transformed One of the main reasons people don't learn Is they don't know the reward mm. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29 Jesus says Take my yoke upon you And do what? And learn from me yeah. Guys that's his value proposition It's an invitation to learn from him creator of the universe take my yoke upon you let me teach you in the new living it says take my yoke upon you let me teach you because i'm humble and gentle at heart and you'll find rest for your souls isn't that beautiful so my question to you is how have you responded to jesus's value proposition he's invited you he says come come and learn What's your excuse for not coming to Jesus in order to grow? We've all got excuses. There's a reason why some Christians will settle for, ah, you know, let me just come maybe once a month to church. I'll learn a few things. Ah, I just only go to church when my church has got a conference. Who's coming? Oh, from America. Oh, yeah, then I'll come. What excuses have you given for not growing? Ah, people don't understand my schedule. I used to do that. People don't really understand my situation. I'm, I'm, I'm unique. I'm, in a, I'm a special case. I used to do that. Ask my wife. Until I became desperate for my own growth. Amen. Amen. Now watch this. There were some people in Scripture who also had excuses. Luke chapter nine. I'm going to read from verse 57, 57 to 62. It says, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. How many of you have said that to Jesus? Right? Most of us in this room, we're Christians, we're born again. I will follow you, Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus.
1: We've
0: said it, guys. Right? Now watch this. I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, and Jesus is saying to you also, Dude, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. And that, he's not talking about a physical burial, by the way. The context there was, Dude, my dad is getting old. I want to stay close to him so he knows, like, I'm here, you know, Then I can get my inheritance. In other words, my dad is aging and I want to just be hanging out a bit, right? It's not just a quick, like, let me just go, you know, it's just the weekend. Yeah, then I'll come and I'll check you out, Jesus, after three days. I just need to bury him, okay? And then watch this. Carries on and says, and he said to another, let me permit first to go and, um, permit me to first go and bury my father. But he said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God Another also said, I will follow you, Lord But first permit me to say goodbye to those at home Can you see that very often family can be the cause of your backsliding? I'm just saying Because these two examples Jesus has just given are to do with Family situations, because family is important Yeah? Right, but is it causing you to backslide? No, people don't understand my situation with my extended family. No, I can't come to church this weekend because we've got... Why don't you say to them, guys, you know I've got church. I'll come in the afternoon onwards. Mm -hmm. Some of you need to say that. Because you end up missing church for four weeks because there will always be something. When people's main priority isn't Jesus, isn't the fellowshipping together of the saints, they will always have something else going on. And you'll just go with the flow. My family has got this first And oh my family has got this And you'll fall into the category of people who don't end up growing spiritually That Jesus was talking about here Simple as that Okay Carries on and says Another also said I'll follow you But let me first say goodbye to those at home But Jesus said to him No one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back Is fit for the kingdom of God And you know what I find interesting It's as if Jesus had this, and this was a real account, wasn't it? Jesus experienced this. And now he's teaching on this, because it touched him in a certain way. And you see a few chapters down the line, five chapters ahead in Luke 14. He now says it as a parable. Isn't it interesting? He says a very similar thing as a parable. And I'm wondering whether it was based on the experience he had just had. Because he says, it says in Luke 14, verse 16 to 24. And as I read this, please ask yourself, what's your excuse? But he said to him, a man was giving a big dinner, and he invited many. (laughs) And at the dinner hour, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, come for everything, for everything is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses. My question to you is, what's your excuse? The first one said to him, I've bought a piece of land i need to go out and look at it business are your business interests stopping you from growing are your business interests stopping you from coming to jesus and learning from him and getting an assignment from jesus and becoming something in him he's addressing that right and often in churches we're like i know it's fine we understand let me tell you something you can give as much as you want to the church But you'll always have another assignment Another kingdom assignment You know some, some business people say I'm a kingdom financier And my purpose in the kingdom is financing the kingdom So they're financing the kingdom But they're not discipling their kids They're financing their kingdom But they're not reaching the lost Financing the kingdom is no excuse For not doing the other stuff Amen Okay So we see some interesting thing here Because It says I bought a piece of land and I need to go out and look at it. But you've already bought it. (laughs) Surely you look at it first and then you buy it, huh? I bought a piece of land and I need to go and check it out. See, when you're invested in something, you know those people where they buy property and so on. You know the workaholic dad where they buy property and so on, and then you just see them. Yeah, you know, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I'm just going to have a look at the property. And you see them just talking. They're clueless about renovations, all those things. <laughs> Trying to remind themselves of their success, eh? Yeah. Have you seen? This is hey guys. So he says this, and he says, please consider me excused. Another one said, I've bought five yoke of oxen. Business again guys And I'm going to try them out Please consider me excused Why didn't he try them out before he purchased them Anyway Another one said I have married a wife <laughs> Hey Lanston what's up man <laughs> You know what I'm so blessed I'm so blessed I'll be honest with you in this church We've got I think about six weddings or so Hey, Five or six this year And all, every single one of them, the guys getting married or who've just gotten married, are very involved in what's happening. Very involved in what's happening. People are coming for couple stuff. People are coming to Ignite and so on. And I just want to commend you guys for that. Just saying. So this doesn't apply to us here, but people out there, huh? (laughs) I've married a wife. For that reason, I cannot come. And the slave came back and reported this to his master. (laughs) It seems like his master's like, you know, you must be more assertive, dude. Anyway, reported this to his master. Then the head of the household became angry and said to his slave, go out at once into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and crippled and blind and lame, and the slave said, Master, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the slave, Go out into the highways and along the hedges, and compel them to come in, so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste of my dinner. What's your response to Jesus' invitation? It's an invitation for an assignment. It's an invitation for learning and growth. And it's an invitation to become something in the spirit. What's your response? And guys, we see this throughout the New Testament. We see in Acts chapter 2, it says they were devoted to a number of things. And one of those things was the apostles' doctrine. In other words, if you look at the activity of the New Testament church, a lot of it was hearing and doing, hearing and doing, learning about the thing, acquiring the information, and going out and practicing it. Mm -hmm. They spent a lot of time gleaning from people, learning. They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. Doctrine is just another term for teaching. They devoted. The word devotion is an interesting one. It's where you give yourself wholly to something. Mm -hmm. Are you hearing me? It's where you give yourself wholly to something you see the problem with our learning and our growth today is it's very superficial have you noticed that why do we have so many accidents on the road today you speak to all those people and say do you know how to drive a lot of people say yes i know the problem isn't whether they know how to press the accelerator and move right the problem is a lot of people today have a superficial knowledge of driving If you look at some of the stats in terms of nations that have road accidents it's very interesting because you'll find some small nations where the population isn't that high and you look per capita because they measure it per capita and you see the number of deaths that have been caused you'll see that very often I can tell you right now it'll be the nations where people buy their licenses where a lot of people who go and have a superficial knowledge about about driving right a lot of the taxi drivers you know a lot of the text, right? I'm sure some of you, I know some of you have been victims of that. Where in a situation you're just driving along and someone comes and does a particular thing, but very often it's because they've got a superficial understanding of it. I believe the space God is taking us to is a space of mastery where there are certain areas of growth God wants to take us into where we master those things instead of just knowing them superficially. Where you don't have a superficial knowledge about healing the sick, but you study it. So the next person who's sick that comes to you you know what to do well you're not like yeah i know jesus heals yeah um so i'll just bring the person then maybe on sunday my pastor can pray Mm -hmm. no but you master it yourself amen we don't just have a superficial knowledge of being a a married christian yeah no i just mustn't um yeah because pastor i'm faithful to my wife yeah i don't cheat Mm -hmm. there's way more There's way more about being a Christian husband than not cheating on your wife. I know I'm a Christian business person. I believe in integrity. I never lie to my customers. There's way more. Is your knowledge superficial? We love that scripture in Hosea 4 verse 6 that says, My people perish for a lack of knowledge. They perish not because they don't know anything. They perish because they don't know enough. So what I want to go into now, as I come towards the end of my message, is I want to give you some tools in developing a growth plan. How many of you want to have a plan for your growth? OK? Amen. We'll see, I liked your hand. I liked that, that enthusiasm. She's an avid reader. Leaders are readers, amen? amen. Yeah. If you struggle with reading, then listen to audiobooks. Listen to messages. But don't use your inability to read well as an excuse. Amen? amen? Yeah, but Pastor, I'm just not a reader. No. Leaders are readers. So listen to messages. Listen to audios. Amen? Or read books that aren't too intimidating. There are a lot of nice pocket books, you know, that are available nowadays nice big writing and you can just like (laughs) and pictures some even have pictures that's why I don't don't know if you noticed how my books changed over the months, they started very thick like business god's way and now I'm saying overcoming fear, do you want it ooh nice pictures and so on, because I realized I like thick books where I feel clever, I feel like hey, my love, I got this okay But I realize not everyone is like that. People are intimidated by that. You give them and you think you're blessing them, they're like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Amen?
0: Okay. Are you ready? Do you want a a growth plan? Yes. Yes. All right. The first thing is establish the areas in which you would like to grow. And don't try and grow at everything, don't try and grow in everything at once. Okay? So, what are those areas for you? Maybe it's womanhood. I'm just going to give you some examples. Womanhood. Maybe it's prayer. You want to grow in the area of prayer. Maybe it's warfare. Can you see how it's specific? It's not always general. Right? I remember Sean Roberts. I'm picking on him. I don't know if it's because of my right or, but you know, I remember him one time saying, uh, saying to me, "I want to really learn about warfare. Some months back, I really want to master this thing." Sent him a whole lot of material. You see. Growth plans are powerful, especially when they're specific. Right? What about parenting? What aspects of parenting do you want to learn about? Maybe it's disciplining your kids. I need some help there. (laughs) Right? Maybe it's devotions. How do you have devotions with your kids? Maybe it's how do you connect emotionally with them. Okay? Maybe you want to learn about overcoming perfectionism. We touched on that, I'm not going to harp on again, okay? Healing the sick, listening skills, leadership, reforming your industry, Christian foundations, manhood, overcoming fear, victory over an addiction, health and nutrition, personal wholeness, forgiveness. Maybe you actually want to learn about forgiveness. How do you forgive? You know, people often ask, do you have to forgive everyone? But my case is a special case (laughs) Demonstrate curiosity And say I want to study forgiveness in scripture I want to do a word study on forgiveness Worship Children's ministry Maybe you want to learn a particular musical instrument Maybe you want to learn how to love again Maybe it's just knowledge of the word Maybe it's public speaking How many of you want to grow as a public speaker? Okay, pop me an email, Paul at corporatelegends.co.za I'll send you my pocketbook on crafted presentations if you're serious about it. I'll send it to you free of charge. Send it to you. Okay. Marriage. And you can break it down, can't you? What aspect of marriage? (laughs) Okay, let's not think too much about that okay managing money how many of you want to learn about how to manage money how to be a good steward you know what the problem is in the body of christ we just we've taught on sowing and reaping and that's very important but how many of you know that we also have to teach on stewardship yes. we have to teach on stewardship how do you manage what god has given you as a steward so that he can give you more amen to manage all right Hearing God's voice If you want to learn about hearing God's voice okay, Email my wife And she'll send you The material On hearing God's voice Okay, Evangelism, <coughs> spiritual gifts Can you see that there are a number of areas We can learn about And it's up to us to actually say You know what, in my growth plan I want to choose some of these right? And you say to yourself In this season, this is what I'm going to focus on Then in another season, this is what I'm going to focus on Amen? You see, specifically identifying what you need to learn is important because then it will help you to notice when the learning opportunities come about. Have you noticed that? If I say to myself, I want to grow in spiritual warfare and I'm conscious of it as a goal, guess what I'm going to be noticing all the time? The opportunities to learn about spiritual warfare. Come on. How many of you have noticed when you purchase a vehicle, let's say you buy a yellow car, And you want a yellow car because you know not too many yellow cars are out there. What happens when you start driving around your yellow car? What do you notice?
1: There are yellow cars everywhere.
0: Okay? I remember when Grant... Remember Grant? Grant was here, the sound guy. Right. I remember when Grant sold his old BMW and he bought a Nissan Juke. I have to be careful what I say about Nissan Jukes because there's some Nissan Juke people there. But he, he then says... Possible, can you come and see? It was a few years ago, before everyone knew about Nissan Jukes. So I go downstairs, and I go and check out his Nissan Juke, and I see it's a cute-looking car, isn't it? It's got, off, got that bullfrog look. It was a nice color. And I see, you know, when you open the back door, it's by the window section, etc. See, okay. And I see it's actually a powerful vehicle. It's compact, but it's got power, right? Now, had I seen Nissan Jukes before? Yes. Well, I, I'd seen them around, but I wasn't conscious of it, was I? Why did I start seeing for the next number of weeks wherever I went? <laughs> oh, oh! I've been involved in accidents on a flatbed, in and Juke. Oh, do they also come in that colour, and Juke? Nissan Jukes were just flying around everywhere. We've got time. I'll explain to you how your brain works and why that happens. But when you're specific about this is an area of growth for me and I want to learn about it, and you make it a goal, guess what happens? You see the opportunities for growth. Amen. You see those opportunities for growth Right If you want to work on your health and nutrition Each time you see Trace Instead of saying, Pastor Trace, please pray for me about this You'll just think health and nutrition, health and nutrition, health and nutrition Because that's a goal you've set for yourself Amen Okay The second thing is Identify and overcome the barriers Identify and overcome the barriers To your growth So what are some common barriers? I'm going to share with you these quickly. Number one, thinking that learning will happen without any effort on your part. You know when you just think like, ah, by osmosis,
1: it will just flow. Ah, let me just hang
0: around with you. Something will just leak over. And we become very mystical about our learning instead of intentional. Excuse me. Number two, not planning your learning and growth intentionally. Guys, if you don't plan it, it won't happen. Number three, learning the wrong subject. Irrelevance, in other words. Learning the wrong stuff. Learning stuff just because it's what's admired by the people in your church, but it's not what you need for your assignment. Number four, looking to the wrong sources. So you want to learn the right stuff, but you go to the wrong places. Amen? I bought a book the other day and I said to my wife The reason I got it, because I believe it's based on research The guy has got a PhD And my wife said to me You must still be careful, hey? I've done that just because someone's got a PhD And I've seen that it's wonky stuff <laughs> Amen yeah. Bad teaching Number five Never unlearning wrong patterns Guys, in order to learn stuff We have to unlearn the old stuff Jeremiah came And when he came, what did he do? Two uproot and to tear down and then to build and to plant otherwise you end up planting things on the wrong foundation number seven making unhealthy comparisons thinking you're already fine because you're better than your family but your family is average you know those people I'm the only one in my family with a degree in this area I'm the only one in my family with a degree in this area yet if you look at yourself in terms of your potential you should have two PhDs by now you get what I'm saying don't compare yourself to other people Okay Complacency Number nine Not differentiating between superficial knowledge and mastery So thinking because you skim read a book You're clued up yeah. Number ten Underestimating the consequences of remaining in the status quo So in other words, you've become comfortable with inadequate knowledge. Number 11, not differentiating between knowledge and practice. Thinking you're clued up because you know the theory, but you're not walking in it. Number 12, letting someone else manage your learning and growth. This happens a lot, guys. We become so passive. And so you hear people saying like, yeah, because we're going to have a couple's retreat yeah, in a few weeks. Yeah, then we'll learn about our marriage. I'm thinking to myself, do you have to wait For a couple's retreat to learn about marriage and to build your marriage. There are lots of people coming for counseling and learning about marriage prior to the retreat. There are lots of people reading books and learning about these things before the retreat. You see, sometimes we put it on someone else to determine the pace of our growth. Instead of coming through and saying, I want to learn, I want to learn. Feed me, feed me, feed me now. Amen? You know that some of the things that Jesus taught the disciples, he only taught them in response to their questions. When Jesus taught the disciples, hey guys, this is how you should pray. When you come to pray, say, our Father in heaven. That was in response to a question, wasn't it? they just seen him praying, and when he came back from prayer, they said, Rabbi, teach us to pray. And then he explained it to them. If they hadn't asked that question, maybe he would have only taught them much later. Maybe he might not have taught them. Think about that do you remember after his ascension and he kept on speaking to them speaking to them and he says i've got many other things too to share which i haven't could they have drawn out more from him they drew out a lot because of the questions they asked are you taking initiative for your learning very important very important number 13 assuming that your environment will stay the same you know it's like those guys i'm going to go into your i.t world those of you how many computer people here you know when you meet someone or you're trying to hire someone and then you ask them, so when did you qualify? Mm-hmm. They say 82. I did a degree in computer science back in 82. Okay, what have you done since then? What coding do you know how to do? Do you know C++? Ah, uh, I just know MS-DOS. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know guys, you learned about computers the day, like the, you know, those the, like green text and so on with those, you know, Commodores, <laughs> you know, those, those machines, right? Some people are like that. They think they're clued up because of what they know, but what they know is for yesterday. But the thing is, your environment is changing. Guys, your wife is definitely changing. <laughs> okay? One week you've got this strategy, and she's like, oh, you're such a nice husband, yeah. You do the same thing the following week, and what happens, you don't get the same results. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, okay? So it's constant learning, constant last and is already up. <laughs> He's just had a few weeks. Okay. Amen. So you have to keep adapting, keep learning. You can't say what I learned ten years ago is gonna help me right now. That was the foundation. Amen? Okay. And then number fourteen, failure to keep appointments with yourself. You see, this is basically lack of self-respect. A lot of us are very good at keeping appointments with other people, aren't we? Say, ah, but I'm meeting with Lawrence. Sorry, guys, I can't make it because I've got a meeting with Lawrence. We honor that appointment. How many of you say to people, sorry, I can't make it. I'm a bit peopled out. Sorry, I can't make it. I just need to read that book that Paul recommended the other day on crafted presentations. You will only learn and you will only grow when you keep appointments with yourself. And you won't learn and you won't grow unless you do it by appointment. Otherwise what ends up happening is it's like let me do everything else and if I've got any spare time I'll then read that book. Will it ever happen? No it won't. Here's a principle guys. Your personal development is the best gift you can give the people around you. Your own personal development and growth is the best gift you can give the people around, around you. Me sitting down and reading a book on how to understand my wife or women and how they tick is the best gift I can give her, amen? Mm-hmm. It might take me away from her for a few hours, but when I come back and she sees the new techniques and approaches, mm-hmm. she'll be like, go read some more, go read some more, finish the book, finish the book, finish, 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 amen? then the third and final thing that you do guys so the first was yeah establish the areas you want to grow in the second was identify the barriers and create steps to overcome those barriers whatever the barriers are if the shoe fits just wear it and then the third is ask yourself the following incisive questions an incisive question is the question that's direct and it's clear And guys, this will help you so much. And you can download the notes also from from the website in the next couple of days. Are you ready for the incisive questions? And we'll close. I'm going to say them quickly. Number one, why have I not grown in this area in the past? So if you want to grow in prayer, ask yourself, why have I not grown in the past? Number two, of what must I repent? Number three, to what extent is growth in this area aligned with my life purpose? Are you trying to grow in all sorts of areas that are irrelevant? Number four, how will learning this help me in my calling and assignment? If we want God's grace to be on us as we're learning about a particular thing, it needs to be directed towards his purposes, surely. How can God's grace be on your life? You're saying, I want to... I want to learn a bit about how to improve my gambling skills that's my growth plan and how to become a better gambler how can God by his spirit teach you that why has it grown very quiet in this room am I scratching where it's itching I hope they know gamblers <clears throat> if they are gamblers I, I hope they, they'll repent and you know change Number five, what are the specific things I need to learn? Often it's a subset of something. It's not just parenting, but it's how to have an emotional connection with my kids. It's not just parenting, it's how to discipline my kids. Often it's a subset. Okay? Number six, why do I want to grow in this area? This is the question of motives. What's the rationale behind me wanting to grow? Is it so I look good? Is it so I sound clever? Is it so that I've got another sort of title behind my name? What are the consequences of not growing in this area? What are the barriers to learning this? Number nine is an important question. Who can teach me? Number 10, what are the other sources of learning? Can I do it as e-learning online? What are the other sources of learning? Number 11, what are the methods of learning? Is it going to be personal mentorship? Is it going to be e-learning? What is it? Number 12, what has been offered to me in the past? So perhaps you missed previous opportunities. Perhaps there was something happening, a course here on how to grow in the prophetic. And you missed it because you were casual about your growth. But now you're saying I need to up my game What do I need to unlearn Number 14 What will the learning cost What will it cost me in terms of time What will it cost me in terms of cash Number 15 What is the time frame and milestones For the learning In other words What's my goal By when should I have mastered this thing Number 16, how will the learning process fit into my current schedule? Number 17, what will I have to say no to in order to embrace the yes of my growth? I have to say no to some things. Number 18, what is the picture I have of myself when I've grown in this area? Visualize yourself doing it. See yourself doing it. See yourself having mastered that instrument, whatever it is. (laughs) Okay. Number 19 What opportunities will open up to me After I've gone through this learning What is success It's when preparation meets Opportunity When preparation and opportunity collide That's success So your growth plan is the preparation piece What opportunities will open up for me And then finally The 20th one when do I commit to start when do I commit to start I want to encourage you guys you know we look at these things concerning learning and some of you are thinking yeah but what should I start with one way to start is with your biblical foundations making sure your foundations in Christ are solid and what we're going to be doing next week is we're going to be dishing out rebuilds I'm going to have the small group leaders standing up. You'll make yourself accountable to a small group leader. You'll say, I want to go through rebuild. Rebuild is about 18 lessons. It's our foundations of this church. And then when the next rebuild comes up, where we'll be teaching about five of those as live sessions, you're committing, you're saying, I'm going to go. But in the meantime, I want to rebuild and I'm going to be learning. But we're going to dish those out to you. There's something we just need to fix on the, re- on the rebuild book, something that we saw. But... Just one I encourage you, next week we'll be dishing them out. If you are saying in your heart, I need to start with my Christian foundations, isn't that exciting? Those rebuilds are free, by the way. Free for you. They cost the church, but free for you. Amen? Powerful book, 18 lessons, and you'll each get copies if you want to grow in your foundations. And you'll be accountable to those leaders who are going to come up. They'll take down your names and they'll say, we'll follow up with, on you. We'll follow up to make sure that you've done it. Isn't that powerful? We're doing that next week. So don't take any rebuild this week. There's something we want to tweak on them. But next week we'll be dishing them out. That's a starting point, guys. Building on the right foundation. Amen. Let's pray.